You're listening to Stocks for Docs, a podcast to educate healthcare professionals to build wealth through value investing in the stock market. I'm your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Stocks for Docs. I am your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo, and I'm very happy to be here today and spend this time with you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. It is about mid-August, and um, you know, to be totally honest, I'm sort of burnt out a little bit. It's been a tough couple weeks at work. Um, as I'm sure you've all heard, there's a Delta variant that, has, that is on the rise with COVID, and uh, our hospitals are really getting inundated. And uh, pretty much in all my recent shifts, I'd say 75% of my patients have been COVID-related, um, and the only ones I see are the ones who are actually sick who make it into the hospitals, because if you have just symptoms or mild symptoms that don't really meet criteria, even though you may be positive, we'll, we'll send you home, and you kind of just get a swab out in the lobby in our ED. But if you have symptoms enough or you're sick and need to be seen, you'll come into the emergency room. And 99%, I think among all the patients that I've seen, there's just been one so far that has um, been vaccinated and got COVID to the point where they have symptoms that require medical attentions in the, in the emergency room. Every single other patient that I have seen and admitted has been unvaccinated. So if you have not received your vaccine, I strongly, strongly plead with you um, I urge you to reconsider, reconsider and get yourself vaccinated. It's free. You can walk into any pharmacy to get the shot. Um, even one shot provides a lot of immunity. Um, and it's really just so sad to see much younger patients this time. Most of my patients who are getting admitted now are at 40s and 50s, um, even in their 30s. And they're getting very sick from this very virulent strain that we're seeing. And it's really just heartbreaking to see them so sick, their families so concerned. We're back to having no visitors and, you know, them being up in the ICU by themselves uh, with lots of respiratory issues on a ventilator. So please, if you have not already received your COVID-19 vaccine, please consider getting it. It is very real. It is very scary. Um, and it really will affect um our ability to overcome this as a nation and as a, as even as a world. So there you have it. That's my little um, public service announcement and plea to all of you. But to get back to what we're here for, uh, which is stock investing and stock investing tips, um, today I was going to spend some time and talk about expensive errors. This is something that, um, you know, I think I've learned over the years. It's sort of now become second nature, if you will. It's Rules that I live by when I think about investing, decisions that I make are often based on some of these ideas and thoughts. And I recently read a really good article um, on Yahoo Finance, actually, that summed up a lot of these points. And some of my favorite uh, value investor uh, gurus uh, will often talk about these in various podcasts and books and forums that I have heard over and over. And so I've sort of compiled the top ones that I think as you start to get into investing, you really think about and you pay attention to so that you can maybe avoid some of the most common mistakes that people make. 
Uh, and I do think very strongly that as a value investor, if you are practicing principles of value investing, you kind of automatically avoid a lot of these just based on the teachings and the principles and the methodology that goes behind value investing, which is honestly why I love it so much. Because it takes away a lot of that guesswork, that angst, that unpredictability as much as possible. Uh, obviously, stock investing still comes with risk no matter how calculated you are, but it dramatically, dramatically decreases it. Um, and so a lot of these that we're going to talk about, I think if you truly are practicing value investing, you should be already avoiding, if you will. And so in this article, they start off by talking about how, you know, one of the reasons that it's so hard to be an investor or a good investor is because in a lot of ways, it kind of goes against our natural human psychology. You know, we have strong emotions as human beings, fear, greed, and these will often drive our actions, our thoughts, and our processes and how we react to things, how we react to situations. A good investor, a good value investor, tries their best to take out all of these from the equation. They try to stay factual, stay with your fundamentals, stay with your research, stay with what you know, and try to take out the emotion from it. That's truly how you become a good investor. But that's very difficult because our natural tendencies as human beings is to is to react, to react with our emotions. So the first one should be no surprise to you, but one of the biggest mistakes a lot of new investors or investors in general will make is to buy something, buy a stock when it's too high. So when the market is going up, when you're looking at a company and you see that every day the price is rising for that stock, people start to get a little greedy. If you already own some of that stock, you're like, wow, it's doing really well, I should get more. And you go ahead and go out and buy some. Or if you've been sort of at the sidelines, if once you start to see an uptake in a price, you're like, oh, I've been sitting out on this stock for so long, it's starting to gain traction. Well, now that it's gone up over the week, I'm going to go ahead and buy it because chances are it'll probably continue to go up. You know, we sort of rationalize in our head that, oh, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out on this uptrend. So I'm going to go ahead and buy it. You know, it's really just that fear of missing out. But when you're pouring money into an already overextended market, that's not a good idea. Because yes, that price might go up for a little bit, but chances are it's going to stagnate, come down, or fall even worse pretty soon, right? It's not going to be able to sustain unless there's a true fundamental reason for driving that price up, which often it's not. Those value investors, it's great because we don't have to worry about that stock price, right? We're not looking at that number that Wall Street is saying is worth, that company is worth. We are coming up with our own number. We are making our own calculations based on actual facts, values, financial data of a certain company, coming up with the price of that company, and then deciding what discount we are willing to then buy it. Is it a 50% discount, which is our margin of safety price? Or, you know, are we willing to go a little bit higher? But we have a very clear-cut ballpark of what that price should be. Not what Wall Street says it should be, but what, it sh what that price should be based on the value and the assets and the profits of that company. So it doesn't matter if a company's price is rising on the stock market or if we've been sitting out in the guidelines. We already have a preset number and we should 
ignore all of that noise, if you will, all that buzz, all that noise was just a distraction for us because we are going to stick to our guns and buy it when it gets to the price that we think it's worth. Don't buy high. If the market starts to pick up on a certain stock that you've been looking at, that's great. Happy for those that have it, let it go. Remember, there's lots and lots of wonderful companies out there. Don't have this fear of missing out. All right, the next one is kind of the opposite. So this is selling too low. When your market is on the other end, right, when you see a company's price falling and it's been falling, you know, day after day or week after week, it is really hard to stay invested in that company. And I have been tested this many times. You know, you bought it at, say, $300 a share and, you know, it went down 5%, 10%. Now you're down like 20 or 30%. And you see your portfolio going down, you're kind of like, oh man, should I just cut my losses short and just sell it? That is fear that's driving that decision and that thought process. It's a powerful, powerful emotion and I get it. But you don't want to panic. This is the time where you have to trust your initial reason for buying that company. Remember, as a value investor, you put in a lot of thought, research, time, effort into choosing that company. And so even if it is going down, even if it's having some kind of event internally or the industry is having an event or even the, the globally there's a, an event going on and that company has now fallen, you need to trust your initial reasons for buying it, that this company is a solid company with strong foundations and that it is going to recover from this fall. And so do not sell when you are fearful of that price going down. Instead, what a really good value investor would do at this point is actually buy more of that stock because now the stock has just gone into a discount, right? It's a great company. You know it's a good company because that's why you invested in it. And so now you're going to take advantage of the drop or the downfall or the event or whatever it is that's happening to it at this moment in time, and you're going to buy more. You're going to buy more at a discount because you are confident it is going to recover, I mean, we've seen this time and time and time again in history, the most recent one obviously being last year, March of 2020, when COVID-19 hit, and the market fell 30% globally, 30% in just about 22 days, in three weeks. But then what did it do? It turned around and recovered in about 33 days a month later. Insane. So imagine if you actually sold you would have lost all of those gains, but those who actually acted upon that drop and bought into all the great companies, all those amazing value investing companies, and took advantage of the fall, and then it recovered literally 30 days later, and now the prices all went up 30%. Imagine how amazing of an investment opportunity that was. And it'll happen again. Um, you know, it has happened. Yes, it might take some time, or it might take some years, or whatever the case may be, but it has happened and it will continue to happen. So don't be driven by fear. Don't be afraid when prices start to fall. Trust your initial reasoning and believe in the companies that you have handpicked to invest in. All right. Another big expensive error, I would say, that a lot of investors will make, and this is a controversial one, uh, is short-term trading. Now, I have many friends, many friends and relatives who will all do or indulge in short-term trading. And many of them will believe that they're good at it. And they've often had a couple of good wins with it or good runs of it. 
But in reality, very few of them, and I will repeat, very, very few of them are actually good. And even if you're good, even if you do well, you often end up paying up through your taxes. Now remember, when you are buying short term, which is less than a year, so if you buy and sell before a year is up, you pay much higher taxes on your stock profits. It could be as high as 37% federally, right? Because it's basically your ordinary income, income tax rate. You're paying as high as 37% in taxes of, your, of what you've gained versus if you waited it out for a year, you could be paying as little as 15% or even less based on your income bracket. So to be able to justify your gains and really make a lot of money uh, or make substantial money where it's worth it, you don't need to just do well. You have to sort of do exceptionally and then above some well because otherwise you're going to just be paying your profits and taxes, which doesn't really make sense and doesn't impact um, you. So be careful of the short-term trading game. You know, I, I hate to say don't do something, but I don't do it for that reason. I also think you need to invest a lot more time and energy into it. You need to stay way more timely with the market. And as somebody who has a full-time job at home and at work, uh, it's just not something that I'm willing to invest in, in doing. That's, that's probably another big one I, I would talk. But it is very luring, if you will. It's very attractive, very tempting, and I understand that. But if you're in this for the long term and the long haul, and to really make some serious money, I would be fearful and weary of short-term trading. Another big mistake people make, I think, is kind of following the hot stocks and the trends. Again, we're, we're back to this FOMO or fear of missing out phenomenon that's very persuasive, I would say, uh, for a lot of investors. But, you know, when there's a stock or a particular company that's in the news a lot, lots of people are talking about it, uh, there's a lot of buzz about it, you know, it's on all the, all the online forums and chats and uh, articles that you're following are probably talking about it. There's this big pull to want to invest in it or to be part of that action. Uh, we saw that earlier this year, right, with GameStop, GameStop, uh, AMC, there was a few companies where all of a sudden there were a bunch of investors who were on this online messaging board decided that they were going to collectively pump up and drive that stock price. And they did it to force the short sellers to cover their position. They drove, it, they drove up, I think, game stock something like 400%. And then it ended up falling about 30% uh, right after and it burnt all the investors in the process, right? So be weary of hot trends and stocks and buzz that, that surrounds a lot of this. You know, it, this is truly, truly now the world of gambling. And you just need to be clear that if you are just blindly following the news and what's you know, been out there and what people are talking about it without doing your own due diligence and actually in wanting to invest in the company for what it is and not just the hype of it, well then, you're, you're just partaking in speculation and gambling. And if that is okay, then that's fine. Just know that you're not making an investment at that point. Um, that's really like taking your money to Vegas and gambling it off and paying for the experience, if you will. And yes, you may come out a little lucky. Maybe you know, you'll get some money off of it, but that is not a sustainable way to invest. And I, I really don't consider that investing. So 
just be wary of it. Know what you're doing. Call it what it is and go in it with your eyes wide open. All right. Next one is about picking companies based on dividends. Now, this is one that I've actually struggled with a little bit because, you know, if you think about it, why don't you just go for the companies that pay dividends? Because at least then you're getting paid uh, on a quarterly or some sort of timely basis. And even if that company doesn't do as well as another company, at least you've already gotten some of your money back. And so why don't you go after those that pay really high dividends, like 9, 10, 11% dividends, just to kind of get a, some perspective on dividends. If you look at the S&P 500, they pay just under 1.5% dividend. So if you find a company that's paying you 10% or 9%, you know, I would really stop and think, why? <laughs> why are they paying so much? You know, did you really do your research and your fundamentals on that company? Or are you really just picking it based on this, this number of this high percentage of dividend payout? You know, think about your four principles. Remember, when we're picking a company, we have four principles that we want to go by. Your circle of competence, the moat, the management, and then the price. You know, does it meet all of those requirements or is it just the dividends is what's driving your desire to want to buy this? Because... Dividends are not guaranteed, right? They can change their mind and cut their dividends out. And so if you now invest all this money just to buy, get into their dividends, well, now that's not a good reason anymore. Um, and so it's really hard for a company to sustain high levels of payouts all the time, and they can really cut back whenever. So just be careful of it. I would often say that if they're driving up their dividends is probably because there's a lot of uncertainties in their fundamentals and they're trying to make it more attractive for investors to consider. So don't be blinded by their marketing plans or schemes. Um, really stick to your core fundamentals when you're picking a company. Um, you'll often hear this strategy as reaching for yield. Uh, it's, it's a sort of a, a phrase that I've heard uh, in a lot of Wall Street lingo or articles and um, you know, you don't want to be reaching for yield, even though it's very human nature to want to do that. Uh, it's probably not a very wise decision. All right, a couple more. So the next one I wanted to talk about was timing the market. You've heard me talk about this before, and I'm going to say it again, because it's just, I so strongly believe in it. You cannot time the market, <laughs> period, end of story, end of discussion. I don't care who you are. You could be Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, Mo Monish Prabhai, anybody. You cannot time the market. It is a fool's game. You cannot do it. Nobody can. Just accept it. You may get lucky a few times. That is sure. You know, you, if you do this enough, you probably will get lucky. I mean, it's just sheer odds. And actually, that's quite dangerous because then it causes this like false sense of ability. Oh, I got lucky with that one. I could probably do it again. It's just not, it's just not possible. You cannot get lucky every single time. You cannot correctly predict the market every single time. But again, as a value investor, we don't have to, right? Because we don't do this based on just our gut feeling. We actually have a very solid, calculating, methodical way to make decisions on when to enter a market, when to exit the market, when to stay or hold a position, uh, what company to pick and choose. So Stick with that. Stick with their guidelines. Yes, you need patience. Yes, you, it's not maybe as exciting as you think it might be initially, but I can guarantee you when you are in it the right way, 
And you start to see those profits come in and you start to see that compounding effect in your money double, you know, doing well year after year after year. I will guarantee you it will outweigh any luck, any sure luck that gave you some short-term profits because you timed the market so-and-so correctly. So again, don't try to time the market. Stick with facts. Stick with objective data, financial data. Pick your companies. Pick your price and then wait. When you are, when all the stars align, you enter into that market, you enter into your investment, and then you hold on to it. That'll be a much, much better payout than trying to time the market. The next one is diversification. And I love this one because, you know, I didn't know much about stocks, say, 10 years ago. But I definitely heard a lot of people talking about this and saying, you know, you should definitely diversify your portfolio. And you should diversify your investments. It's a good thing. And I heard this time again and time again. And I wasn't even sure what it meant, honestly. Like, what do you mean by diversify? Should I have different companies? Should I have different, you know, what, what, what qualifies a diversification? And then I understood that really, if you're just talking about stocks, well, within stocks, you can diversify because you really should only be, um, you know, you should have various types of industries. So if you're going to invest in uh, the tech companies, well, then you should invest in, you know, oil and gas, and you should also invest in another, you know, the financial sector and different companies. And you should just do it because it's good to diversify. I didn't quite understand why, and I still don't quite think I understand why fully, but I don't quite buy into it. And this is why. If you think about it, you want to invest in positions or in companies that you are interested in, right? That you are capable of understanding, you want to understand, you want to spend your time reading about, you want to learn about. Um, you know, this is the relationship you're planning to have with this company for a while. So that's what you want to do. So if you're just picking a company because you feel like you should pick a different sector or you should be picking another type of industry, even though you have zero interest in oil and gas or you have zero interest in the financial sector, then that's not a good reason to do it because you're not going to keep up with the news. You're not going to keep up with events of that. It's going to become a chore. And also, as a value investor, I don't think you should be investing in 50 companies necessarily because I think that's too much. Because if I'm investing in 50 companies and I have, say, you know, if I have $10,000 to invest in and I'm spreading the, now my money, my pot, over 50 different companies, and even the companies that are that I really enjoy, that I've done my research and are, you know, are, are going to do well out of those, I'm taking less of a profit because now I've spread it over a much bigger portfolio. So I really think that you really should have a target number. My number has always been 20. But I think after 20, 25, you're kind of losing any value you could potentially gain from diversifying because now you're just spreading it too thin. And you really will not gain as much because you just have way too many positions. So... I think that, um, you know, there may be, if you really want to be, if you really believe in diversification, that's fine. But I still think too much diversification is probably not a good thing. And to diversify um, or to buy a position just because you're trying to diversify and you feel like you should is not a good reason. I think stick with your four, four principles. Make sure that you really enjoy these companies and you believe in them that they're strong, fundamental companies, and then that's when you should buy them. And then my last tip for today um, about how to try to avoid expensive errors is really to not be afraid to take the risk and to take 
the chance in investing as a value investor. I think if you're too conservative and you're too careful, then you are going to miss out an opportunity. I so wholeheartedly and strongly believe that the stock market can be and is probably the most powerful wealth building tool that we have available to us. I think if you do it correctly, you follow a pattern and a, a method and think as a value investor, you're doing this very calculating methodically. Your, your risk is minimized and I think you aren't taking big risk necessarily, um, but you are making very strong, solid investment choices that can truly build wealth over um, years that can sustain over a lifetime. But don't be afraid of it. I think you need to educate yourself and be smart about it, but definitely use it. Don't be too afraid. Don't be too conservative. You want to be smart about how you invest. Remember, we, we truly believe in the four principles, making sure you understand the company that you're buying, and then waiting, waiting for the right time when the prices are dropping, when there's a lot of fear around that's when we go up and be very aggressive and make our purchases and our investments. So really just don't, don't shy away from it and don't be afraid of it because it, is a, it truly is a very strong wealth-building tool and I have seen that firsthand. So that is it. With that, I am going to wrap up this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I really would like to urge you all to leave some comments and thoughts um, uh, on any of our forums, Instagram, Twitter, uh, on our website. We would love to hear from you. If there's any topics uh, or um, episodes you want me to cover, I'm happy to try to engage in those as well. So until next week, take care, stay safe. Uh, cheers. Stocks for Docs is a podcast designed to educate healthcare professionals on building wealth through value investing. Take the first steps towards securing your future and listen weekly. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn as Stocks for Docs.